Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Well, you know, in life at different times, there's a bunch of things that we need to renew. You know, uh, there's just some things, you know, that, need, that we need to renew in life. You think about it, you know, the insurance comes around each year, it needs to be renewed. There's memberships that need to be re- renewed, some that you really like and some that, you know, just sort of kind of happen. From time to time, your driver's license needs to get renewed. Some people are happy because they get another opportunity to take a photo. Some people don't like doing that at all. And for some lucky people, you renew your passport. And that's generally a good thing. If you're renewing your passport, it means that something is coming on the horizon, uh, which is a pretty, uh, pretty exciting thing. I remember when I was a teenager, my parents, they renewed their vows. And that was a really special time. Uh, they, uh, they kind of rededicated uh, their love for one another publicly, and there was a dinner. And, and as a teenager, it was really special to see my parents, you know, uh, engaging in that and enriching their relationship in that way. I wonder when I say the word renew, what is it that comes to mind for you? More recently in the Stevens household, I think when I think of the word renew, I think of our pantry. And our pantry needs a lot of renewing at the moment. It feels like having three teenagers in the house. And uh, particularly, you know, just kind of, you know, we're eating a lot at the moment. But I wonder what comes to mind for you uh, when I say the word renew. Uh, The Webster's Dictionary defines the word renew as to make new again to restore to freshness, to give new life, to rejuvenate or recreate or rebuild. I wonder what comes to mind for you when I say the word renew. Because God is also a God of renewal. It's God's heart for us to be renewed and to be brought into more of a relationship with him. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they'll walk and not be faint. Isaiah is saying here that God renews us for strength for living. Or what about in Romans 12 too? Paul says this, he says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So God's heart for us is to be transformed and to have our minds renewed so that we can understand his plans for our lives more and more, to have a renewed mind. And then uh, David, in Psalm 51, he, he, he writes about renewal uh, from the perspective of uh, when Nathan called him out for his uh, adulterous relationship. And this is his response, uh, humbly submitting and surrendering his life before God. He says, create in me A pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. See, God also desires to renew us so that we can live for godly living. So God's heartbeat for us is to be renewed. Uh, That is something that he wants for us. He wants to bring us life, hope, strength. He wants to transform us. He wants to make us new again. And he desires to renew us. And in 2022, last year, we stayed on theme with the word restore. Uh, We looked at what does it mean to be restored unto God in our lives? What does it mean to constantly come before God in terms of being restored? And this year, in 2023, we're going to move into what it means to be renewed. What does it mean to be made new? 
What does it mean to live in this new life that God has given us through Jesus? And also, what does it mean for us to step into the mission of God? So this year, we want you to really consider and sit before the Lord around what does it look like to be renewed personally, as a church family, and as we serve God on mission here locally and across the seas? How can we be renewed and step into the mission of God? And this really fits right into our vision as a church because our vision as a church, the the reason that we exist, our, our big why, if you will, is for all people to become followers of Jesus. That's why we are here. We're here Uh, really under the mandate of Jesus so that those who don't know him can come to know him. That's why we are here. And it's a privilege for us to consider what it means to be renewed and what it means to step into the mission of God. And we have this wonderful opportunity, this privilege to partner with what God is already doing because it's not our mission, it's God's mission. God's mission God's heart, God's desire is for all people to come to know him. And he's at work in people's lives. He's drawing people to himself. He has a desire to to not only um, heal people, but also heal creation and for us to step into that rejuvenating and that restoration and that renewal of all things. And we get this invitation to be part of that with him. I love how theologian Christopher Wright puts it. He says this, it's not so much the case that God has a mission for his church in the world as that God has a church for his mission in the world. Mission was not made for the church. The church was made for mission. God's mission. See, God's mission is that all people come to know him and he's at work fulfilling his mission and he calls us, his people, the church, to participate with him in his mission. It's really exciting to think about that because we don't need to manufacture or create, but actually we see where he's at work and we partner and we join. And he's at work in our homes, in our streets, in our workplaces, in our friendship groups. He's drawing people to himself. And we ask the question, well, God, how can we participate in your mission? How can we be renewed? How can we be new life and continue to have new life grown in us and then step into your mission to bring new life to others? And today to open this up, I want to explore a passage from uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and and Paul outlines in in many ways some of his thinking and mandate around what it looks like to step into the mission of God. So if you've got your Bibles, your phones, let's turn to 2 Corinthians 5. And I want to just give you a little background, a little bit of a context on uh, this uh, place, Corinth, uh, where this letter was getting written into. Because it's not 1 Corinthians, it's 2 Corinthians. And from the time that Paul has written uh, this first letter to the time where he's written the second letter, some things have started to uh, change a little bit in terms of the ministry and some influences coming uh, into the church. You know, uh, in terms of the church in Corinth, at this time where Paul writes his second letter, they're divided a little bit around his leadership 
and there's some unhelpful outside influences that are kind of coming in in that play. See, Corinth is quite a wealthy uh, and a happening place. Uh, and in some ways, uh, you know, Corinth, you know, it's really quite similar to some, you know, of the capital cities, even in our nation. You know, there's wealth, there's opportunity, uh, there's, there's culture, there's trade. And what's happening is there's some unhelpful influences coming in that are starting to challenge uh, Paul's leadership. There's some people coming in and they're starting to talk about, in many ways, a health and wealth gospel. Hey, if you follow Jesus, he'll give you all these new experiences and he'll do all these things for you and your life is going to be great. And Paul came in with a gospel that was around suffering and joining with Christ in suffering and participating in what uh, he was doing. Uh, No doubt that God wants to uh, bring healing and wholeness and he wants to bless us in our lives, but that's not the leading edge of what Paul was talking about in terms of uh, the church in Corinth. So there's these outside kind of unhelpful influences that are starting to kind of move the dial a little bit and uh, starting to press in on, you don't need to suffer for the gospel. No, you don't need to have any suffering. It's just all about the new experience and the next thing that God has for you. And that in some ways maybe could even speak into our culture in our day today. And what Paul is doing, he's writing in many ways as an apologist and he's writing to show the legitimacy of his apostleship, but also he's saying, hey, I want to bring back to you what is most important. And he wants to bring them back to Jesus in this way. So that's just a little bit of the context of this passage that he's speaking into here. And he says this in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 to 21. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. And all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. In verse 20, so we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God was making his appeal through us. So we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. And in this passage, Paul essentially makes two moves. He makes these two moves about what it means to be a people who can step in to God's mission. The first move is it begins with being made new. Verses 17 to 19, he talks about it begins with being made new. And the second move is that it involves living as Christ's ambassadors. In verse 20 to 21. So let's have a look at this. The first move here, stepping into God's mission, begins with being made new. Let me read again verses 17 to 19. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. And all this is from God, who reconciled to us through himself, uh, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. You know, the word new in verse 17 here is the word kainos, and, and it literally means to change form. So there's new, when, when, we, when we come into relationship with Christ, when we are made new, there is new thoughts, new character, new behavior, and new life. In relationship with Jesus, we are literally a new creation. 
He forms us from the inside out. And through his death and resurrection, we have new life as we accept this gift from him. And he gives us peace. He gives us hope for the future. He gives us dignity where there was shame. He gives us restoration, healing, and a new life with God because of the work of Jesus. And this is an incredible gift. When, when you think about your life before God, it might be that you received this gift recently or it might have been decades ago. But this, new, this gift to be made new in him, what an incredible gift. What a sacred gift when you think about how God has shaped you from the inside out, given you new thoughts, new behaviors, a new way of living, new values. This is just... It's transformational when we think of our life before God. It doesn't mean that our life is easy. Of course not. It doesn't mean that there aren't challenges. Of course not. But what it means is that we have a foundation of being made new in God through the work of Jesus. And in verse 18 and 19, Paul goes on to say that we're not only a new creation, but more than that, we've been reconciled to God. And this word, uh, to be reconciled, in Greek, katalasso, it means that God is both the subject and the object of our reconciliation. So God reconciles the whole world, and it's at his initiative. It's at his initiative. It's not anything we've done. It's everything that he's done. And reconciliation basically means bringing together of humans and God in a union of peace. So it's bringing together God and humans in a union of peace, and it's something that God does. It's not something that we do. And I love how uh, Paul describes reconciliation and being reconciled to God, to the church in Colossae. In Colossians 1, uh, verses 19 and 22, he says this, and I just invite you, wherever you are, if, just to close your eyes and, and to consider this gift of reconciliation that we are given as followers of Jesus. So just close your eyes just for a moment. Center in on Jesus and hear these words. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. This is Jesus. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your mind, minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation can open your eyes. How beautiful is that? What God has done through the work of Jesus, that we are reconciled back to God through the work of Jesus and through the peace that comes from Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Last year, we had a number of people baptized and is one young person's story that really stood out to me. This one a young lady who was baptized and, and she shared about uh, becoming a new creation in Christ. And she spoke about uh, some fear and instability in life. 
and some struggles and then the power of God in her life and literally like being made new. And she was really honest and spoke about the fact that it's still hard at times to deal with some of the things that are going on in her life, but she knows that she has God to help her through difficult times. She knows that she can lean back on a living God, a God who has made her new, a God who has helped her in her life. And she talked about accepting God's grace and peace and love that isn't from people, but a gift from God. And it's such a beautiful thing to just consider for a moment what it means to be reconciled to God, what it means to be made new, uh, what it means for us in our walk with God to remember how that was when we came to know him, to focus on what he's doing now and what he's making new in our lives and what he has for us into the future because it's not just a one and done. It's what God is doing in and through us. So let me ask you today, is this true for you? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you been made new in him? Have you experienced this reconciliation with your Father in heaven through the work of Jesus on the cross? Because that essentially is God's heart for you and also all of humankind. All of humankind, his heart is to be in relationship and it's at his initiative. So for us to be renewed and to step into the mission of God, it begins with being made new. And secondly, the second move that Paul makes is stepping into God's mission involves living as Christ's ambassadors. In verse 20 and 21, he says, so we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. So we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be the sin for us so that we in him might become the righteousness of God. So in verse 20 and 21, Paul says, because we have this new life, we then live as his ambassadors. And this word ambassador, again in the Greek, it literally means to be a representative that is sent on behalf of another spokesperson. And Paul says that we're sent on behalf of God. And we're sent on behalf of God, so be reconciled to him. And this imagery of being an ambassador is quite powerful when you think about it in political terms if you're an ambassador for another nation you've been sent by a king or you've been sent by a prime minister to go to another place to represent your nation represent your leadership in that way and you also with that have some certain protections that come for you in all of that it's quite a powerful imagery when you think about it and and the imagery wouldn't have been lost on the church in Corinth uh, when he spoke that into this uh, Roman context and also not lost on us today. We can understand that. Uh, even, I guess, today, we, it's been, been pushed even further. You know, there's brand ambassadors and people who, you know, kind of represent people with the things that they wear or their social influence online and they get some kickbacks of the things that they can wear and probably don't pay for much and things like that. We can kind of understand the concept of what uh, Paul is trying to say here. And an ambassador represents and serves a greater purpose and in doing so, gets some certain 
our protections. And Paul explains here that we are Christ's ambassadors. His move is we've been made new in him and then we become his ambassadors. That's the move that he makes. So our job is to step into the mission of God. Our job in many ways is to represent him in the places in which we find ourselves. And this is why reaching beyond is one of our core values. So if our vision as a church is for all people to come into relationship with Jesus, our values really are our key behaviours and experiencing God creating community and reaching beyond our core behaviours for us. And reaching beyond is all about how do we live out the mission of God. So even today in our service today, we talk about our pathway and we thank God for what he's doing over there. That is a, a local uh, opportunity for us to step into the mission of God. Uh, we celebrated uh, Clovie Gawler joining with us today online. And Clovie Gawler is an opportunity for us to step into the mission of God. With Jason coming next week, we're going to be continuing to talk about the pioneer team and ask this question, who is God stirring from, uh, um, to step into the mission of God, that, what God is doing in this growing area in the north? And then also with Family Coach we have this opportunity to um, give an hour a week to walk alongside some, uh, a family who are doing life tough to be a friend with purpose. That's stepping into the mission of God. These are examples of what it means to represent God, to be God's ambassadors in the places in which we find ourselves. So I wonder what it looks like for you in your age and stage and in your context, what does it look like for you to step into the mission of God? What does it look like for you to be Christ's ambassadors? Because God makes us new so that we can step in and partner with him in the things that he is doing. And as we kind of explore this today, Vision Sunday, I want to give one kind of uh, big idea around this in terms of how could this practically look uh, for us in, uh, in a church uh, context. And this in many ways comes out of the study that I've been doing over the last few years and particularly out of my thesis work from last year, and looking, uh, which was looking at missional renewal. And uh, it was looking uh, at uh, studying the early church and also the majority world church and how essentially you know, can we participate with God in his mission. And I want to kind of just spend some time looking at this because the, the backstory to that was I sort of noticed in a way over the you know, 15 plus years that I've been a pastor, uh, I've noticed um, the, the difficulty as society is becoming increasingly more secular, the difficulty that some people have found to, to step into the things that God is doing or to be a voice or to uh, just naturally share faith in an everyday context. So I had a real desire in many ways uh, to develop a resource guide that helps everyday followers of Jesus step into God's mission through uh, simple, uh, memorable and reproducible practices, through some missional practices. So I got together with uh, about 12 people from Clovey here and last year in the first term we got together each Sunday afternoon and we explored practices from the early church and practices from the majority world church with the goal of putting together this, um, this um, missional uh, framework, if you like, with practices from that perspective. Essentially, we're asking this question, uh, how are we made new and how do we live as Christ's ambassadors? Uh, to put it in the terms that we've been looking at today, how are we renewed and how do we step into the mission of God? 
And really the number one thing that came up, there was a number of things that came up. I'm gonna share the framework in a minute, but the number one thing when we looked at the early church is they had what was called a habitus. And habitus is Latin for habits. And the early church had these habits. They had these rhythms. They had these practices that were just part of their everyday life. They just lived the kingdom. And they lived the kingdom and they trusted in God uh, to do the rest. And there's this guy called Alan Crider and he's written a book called The Patient Ferment. And it's an imagery for the early church, how it was patient in the practices that it was participating in and how God's, uh, God continued to ferment in their midst and through this patient ferment, the kingdom of God exploded in the early church over those first 300 years. And he says this, uh, Alan Crider, he says this about the early church. He said, Christians concentrated on developing practices that contribute to a habitus that characterize both individual Christians and Christian communities. They believe that when the habitus was healthy, the church would grow. It's what they believed. It's how they lived. And the early church's habits or their practices included things like meeting frequently, praising and thanking God, eating together, memorizing texts, visiting the poor and the sick, visiting prisoners, exercising hospitality, putting money in the collection box, replenishing the stocks of food and clothing, feeding needy people, discerning carefully, being truthful, maintaining sexual purity and being willing to lose out for the sake of the gospel. And Crider argued the importance of habits that are formed in community, not just individually, but the ones that are actually formed in community for both formation and also mission. And he says this, he says, so how were Christians made? How were they made in the first uh, century in the early church? He says this, by a process of formation, that was rooted in the habitus of the communities and guided the Christians', Christians common life and expressed themselves in practices. This is essentially the core of what we learn. You don't have to read my doctoral thesis now. You're off the hook. This is the big idea. Habits, rhythms, and practices in everyday life, focusing on God and living those out but not just individually, but in community, in supported, accountable relationships. So I want to introduce you to what we are calling Clovey Groups. How's that for some branding? It's very original, isn't it? Clovey Groups. It explains exactly what we want you to do this year. If you call Clovey home, we want to call you into a group. We want to call you into a group. If you're kind of flying a bit solo at the moment, or if Sunday's your only touch point to us, or if you're online and you're sitting in the shadows, we're calling you to groups. We want you to get involved in a group. We want you to share your faith wider than yourself. It might be a prayer group. It might be a life group. It might be a discovery Bible study group where you read the Bible with some other people. We actually, like, we don't care in some ways, what group it is, we want to decentralize this and put it into your hands and ask you to be formed in community. Clovey Groups is a vehicle for that. So we're calling everyone who calls Clovey home to be in a group. And in that group, we're gonna ask you to participate in some of these missional practices that I'm gonna go through in just a moment. 
because we want to live our faith in community. It's so important that we do that, that we have these supported, accountable relationships. It's important that we, uh, in some ways, embrace the tension of what does it look like in our lives to develop a habitus, to develop a way of living where we focus in on kingdom living in our everyday lives. And I think for many of us, there's a return to this or a call back to this or a wrestle with this in community that was going to bring life and fruit uh, to you. I love what uh, Pastor Luke had. As we remain in him, we live in the fruit that he has for us. So on the screens behind is the missional framework. It's pray, live, and share. These are the practices that we discussed and, and discovered that are part of the resource guide for the study. Essentially, um, stepping into the mission of God starts by being a people who pray, uh, being a people of prayer and worship. Mission begins with intimacy with Jesus. It just does. If we're gonna step into the mission of God, what we learn all across history is mission begins with intimacy with God. That's how it begins. So next week, I'm gonna be focusing in on what does it look like for us to be a people who pray, involved in prayer and worship. And then we live. And live is about hospitality and care. As we looked at the early church and the majority world church, it's just full of generous people who exercise hospitality and eyes up, care for people who are in need. And then share, storytelling and DBS. Uh, there's an author, Michael Green, and uh, he uh, wrote this book called 30 Years That Changed the World, and he speaks uh, about, and again, looked at the practices of the early church, and he said, the early church, they gossiped the gospel. It was on their lips. It was something that they just wanted to share, whether they were in their home, or they were doing their laundry, or they were walking the street, or wherever they found themselves, they were gossiping the gospel. It was on their lips. And that's a challenge for us today, I think. And in the majority world church at the moment, uh, in Africa and in India and in South America, what we're seeing is uh, followers of Jesus using discovery Bible study, really simple way. It's like a missional Lectio Divina, dwelling in the word, really simple approach to reading scripture with another person and seeing that and many, many people are coming to know Jesus by opening up the word of God. And that's how we can share uh, we can share by knowing our story, knowing God's story and sharing in the midst of that and then also discovery Bible study. So to be a people who pray, a people who live and a people who share and the Holy Spirit is in the middle and it's like the heartbeat being led and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Michael Green says this, he says, the first Christians lived in total dependence on the Holy Spirit. And people did not merely hear the gospel, they saw it in action and were moved to respond. The Western church has grown too dependent on words and not nearly enough on the power of the Holy Spirit. I think in many ways there's a return for us to bring ourselves before the Lord and say, God, renew us, fill us with your spirit. Enable us to step in to the mission of God. And we want you to remember that framework. So if you're a hard copy kind of fridge, you know, with a magnet sort of person, then you can grab one of these on the way out if you're with us here at Mobbury. But if not, uh, on the screen behind me, you can see there's a website and you can go to our website. Uh, it's chloe.com.au forward slash renew. And you can go there and you can download uh, a wallpaper for your phone, 
uh, wallpaper for your computer. Just pop it on there. I've been road testing this uh, for the last week or so. I love it. You know, maybe it's not for everyone. You might want the magnet, you know, in the fridge. That's okay. But just put it in front of yourself and consider what does it mean to be renewed? What does it mean to step in to the mission of God? What does it mean this year in 2023 to take your faith so seriously that you'd come before the Lord and you say, God, make me new again. And let me know afresh that I'm your ambassador in the places that you have me during the week. So we're gonna spend the next few weeks kind of in this sort of space, looking at what does it mean to be renewed, to step into the mission of God and make Him look really good. Will you stand?